carry on. Hey, what's up, everybody? What the fuck is up? It's Gucci Man the G. And speaking of the G, this is Grand Bois the Nicole here at World Stop Web. It's always a pleasure to be with you guys. Um, if you didn't see the title for whatever reason, today we're going to have our Aries episode. I want to keep up with all the Zodiac stuff. We did start, I think, with Scorpio. So I definitely want to get through the entire Zodiac with you all because everybody deserves to know the uh, deeper aspect of who they are. We all know what we read in magazines, all the little cutesy, little corny shit. Cool, cool, cool. But today, we're going to get extremely deep into it because I have my personal astrologer here, Darren Lamont. Uh, he... The first time I got a reading from him, it was uh, it was mind blowing, and I think actually how it happened was he was feeling quite generous that day, and we had did a little bartering, and um, when he gave me the reading, it knocked my socks off. I think what was supposed to be a 30-minute reading turned into two hours because he's so passionate about everything that he knows, and once the conversation starts, you know, you really start feeling the expertise, like the expertise, excuse me, exude from him, you know. So that was something that really stuck with me. And I, ever since, you know, that's somebody I, I go to for uh, stuff about the stars and even big staple moments in my life when I want to move, when I want to start something new, when I want to end a chapter. I definitely speak to him on a personal level now. He is a personal mentor of mine. So it wasn't going to take very long at all for me to have him on. So in a minute, I'm going to bring him on for you all to meet him and uh, and feel that, that light that I'm talking about. But before we get there, I want to give you the... Uh the profile of Aries in this way. I'll give you a few famous Aries people, and you can sort of keep them in the back of your mind throughout the episode when Darren and I are talking about it, and you can sort of see how the energy is uh, the same but extremely versatile at the same time. None of this is extremely concrete. Now, I always bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up again. Aries energy. Now, when we're talking about this, you may, if you're like um, someone who's new to this, you may be identifying with this as simply your sun sign, you know, you were born in Aries season. This is a little bit deeper than that. The energy that he's going to be talking about is the overall energy, okay? So your moon could be in Aries. You could have Mars in Aries, which would be a trip, you know, but you definitely, definitely, definitely want to get a natal chart done so that you can have your full understanding of your chart, guys, okay, too? So I'm going to bring Darren on and and first of all, you have to get your chart done by him. That's what I did, and I'm extremely happy with it. I tried to do it on my own, and it was cool, but the decoding was sort of difficult for me, trying to learn everything with the amount of wisdom that he has. You know, it's, it, it's top-notch. So, without any further ado, Darren Lamont, the astrologer, how are you today? Oh, life is good, my friend. Life is good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming. Life is good. I'm not even going to lie to you. It's getting even better. Even better. So if you want to give people a little synopsis about maybe how long you've been into the craft, how long you've been doing it, you know, which, where it's taken you. Sure, sure. So um, that, that, that story can get long. I'll try to be brief. I am the son of a preacher, so um, I can be a little long-winded. You ask a question, <laughs> and then the credits will be rolling before I finish that question. So, Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> I, um, I was introduced to astrology. I found myself at an adult party at the age of about nine. 
Everyone says about nine. And um, there was a bunch of adults there listening to an album, double-sided, double-sided, uh, two albums, double-sided, talking about all things astrology. And I can remember them being fascinated as well as myself being fascinated by some of the things I heard. And I was one, you know, I'm a Gemini rising, so I was very curious as a child. I picked this album up and I read it, and I, I, I looked and saw where my birthday would fall and read some of the descriptors, and it resonated. That was my introduction to astrology. Fast forward uh, 12, 14 years later, to get out of the military, I come across a book called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need, three, 400 pages long, and I read it in three nights, and I was hooked. I was hooked. <laughs> so over the next... That, that puts me about 24, 25. Over the next 12 years, I was gradually growing in my understanding of astrology. Long before I even just declared myself an astrologer. This was the day prior to the internet. You know, so mm. it was it was hard work. And yeah. it was a lot of work. It was and graphing and stuff, nobody, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Observation trying to figure it out and, and looking for a validation for what you already kind of intuitively know. Well, you know, time goes on uh, and here comes the internet and, and that's when I first learned um, uh, about an astrological chart and services given. So, life changes. I had a bad relationship. I had a relationship go bad in my early 30s and it's it, it's it, to that time I turned my back on the church and I got an astrology reading and it really changed my life you know I got the reading I wanted to know who and what I was I had no idea I had no idea who or what I was I was lost after that relationship and the, the reading I got it was a written report 27 pages mm. I'll never forget it page <laughs> 9 page 9 when they're talking about Mars and Aquarius one of the lines said, you have the potential to become an astrologer. Well, at that time, I had no idea what that would entail. But I remember, hmm, that's curious because, I mean, I like odd, I like odd stuff anyway. So, I'm being uh, the reading, I studied the reading over the next two years to uh, learn about myself. You know, validate some things that I already knew and hopefully glean some things about some potentials that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Well, after that time, after that time, I felt like I was able to uh, heal a heal a really bad wound, and I decided in that moment that I wanted to become an astrologer, learn this science, so that I could help people the way I was able to help myself through that chart, and that led me to today. Yeah, you know, I've been doing it now professionally. Um, took my first paid client in 2008, so this is eight years professional, but I've been studying this stuff for 25 years. Oh, wow. And I can honestly say, like, even beyond just the first reading that we had, because I know, you know, you get your socks knocked off, cool, but the thing that I really appreciated about the exchange was the the level of comfortability that I had with you. You know, when you, when somebody looks at your natal chart, they know very intimate parts of who you are. 
Yes. So talking to that person should, if it's the right type of connection, it should feel like you're talking to an old friend, like a family member, like somebody you already know because they consciously, they know you on a level, on a subconscious level. They know you on a really mm -hmm. deep level, so the conversation they have with you should be mm -hmm. something that's so comfortable that I don't even remember all the stuff we talked about, but we went deep. We talked about, you know, stuff from my childhood, even from your childhood. We, we compared and contrasted, mm -hmm. and it turned into a really good relationship. So, I mean, as far as you joining so that you can help people, I know for a fact, do you know how many things I have avoided because I listened to you? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I've avoided uh, pimp smacking loads of people. Um, I've avoided a, a lot of arguments, a lot of bitterness, uh, a lot of bad moves that would have set me up for God knows what I was able to avoid. And I don't think I told you yet. I was waiting exactly until we got on here. Um, I read the the birthday rundown that you sent me last December, this previous December for my birthday, you sent me one just on a whim, you know, just, just out of the kindness of your heart. And I read it again last night and everything that you damn said, Darren. You were talking about a change in my fiscal life and how, however it would manifest, it would be able to get me out of having to work on the slave ship, as we put it. You know, having to, to go and make somebody else money so that I can make a little bit of money. That was something yeah. you definitely touched on. And I can officially announce that World Stop Incorporated is officially up and running. And World Stop Web has been up and running. So that prediction that you made is, once again, right on the damn money. Wow. Right wow. on the damn money. That. Yeah, that. no problem. You know, that's the, that's the beauty of astrology, you know. Um, but it, it's a astrology is is a path. It's a map of our in our, our individual lives. You know, uh, no two no two natal charts are identical. Even that of of, of twins who mm -hmm. are who are identical in, in look. You know, each of them exited the, the the vaginal canal at a different point in time. Right. The universe does not stop does not stop moving and every four minutes every four minutes there is a different degree on the horizon on the eastern horizon and that degree is going to be a little different the the vibration of that person from one degree to the next is going to be a little different yeah. and as as such the moon is also moving at a rather brisk pace so mm -hmm. let's just say that um there's two people born on the day that a moon is at the 29th degree of a sign and towards the tail end of, for, for instance, um, uh, let's say that uh, someone was born 23 hours ago, just as the moon was about to cross over into, into or about 20, yeah, about, yeah, about 23 hours ago, just as the moon was about to cross over into Gemini. So uh, the first twin born at whatever time that was, and then say five minutes later, the next twin exits the canal and takes his first breath. Mm -hmm. But now the moon is in Gemini, so you got one child that's going to be rather placid, easygoing, uh, um, one who may have some, some, some creative talents that the other one may not have. The other one, the one born under the Gemini moon will be rather uh, inquisitive, a little hyper, a little outgoing. Mm -hmm. So when you, you see, when you see twins and one is laid back and one is turned up, it's likely the case that one was born <laughs> under one moon and the other under another moon. Or... Or they have different ascendant signs. Uh huh. You, you know? know why that's so funny? 
My, first of all, my family, I have an elder sister, there's me, and then there's three sets of twins up under me. Mm-hmm. And to me, they've never, now two of them, granted, they're fraternal. I mean, but, uh, yeah, they're fraternal, but in one is identical. Even the identical twins, nobody ever seemed the same to me. You know, people would get them confused. They had on the same clothes and shit like that. But it never, mm-hmm. they never looked the same to me. They never be- behaved the same to me. There's so many differences, and it's more obvious now that they're adults. But it makes me want to really probe and get into their charts because I did them but I think I approximated the time and I want to be a, a lot more specific this time mm-hmm. with that in mind because that's cool indeed. now that I'm thinking indeed. about it that's cool as well indeed so so astrology can show us uh, pathways to our highest uh, to our highest uh, um, uh, uh, point in life you know we, we can, can if we follow move in the direction of the the uh, planetary energies, you know, we can be our highest self. Mm-hmm. You know, we can achieve a great number of things. I've, 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 I've given people insight on, I had a client this morning who was on uh, Good Morning America, and I told her 2012 that this day was coming, where she was going to be in the media, and in this past week, she's been in newspapers around the world, starting with the New York Times, and ending the today on the uh, Good Morning America show. For, for a a, uh, a uh, industry that did not exist before she met me. Wow. <laughs> All right? It did not exist before she met me. She tried to launch this thing here in America, and I was like, yo, uh, you got to go overseas. She found mm. herself in Dubai. She found herself in Dubai, and the rest is history. Oh, shit. See, I'm going to run my business plans by you, too. I'm going to send them right to your email. We need to have a little chit-chat mm-hmm. off air. Mm-hmm. That's, That's juicy right. shit. So, 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 so astrology, can, if we move in the direction of the planets, you know, we will be just fine. I mean, there is, it's not going to always be easy. It's not going to always be easy. Sometimes it's going to be tough. But if you're moving in the direction of the planets, moving in the direction of the energy that is indicated, uh, by the transient planets as as compared to your natal chart and your progressive chart that is the chart that grows with us you know uh, we, we will we will can lessen some of the uh, malefic things now sometimes you just can't avoid stuff yeah. for instance we're going to be talking about Aries tonight and this is a great example of how Mars can work um, one of my favorite stories to tell I, I was uh, last, last February February of 17. I'm reading a, a young lady down in South Texas, and I saw in her chart uh, a transit through her sixth house with Mars in Pisces. Sixth house represents um, our health, things that we can do to debilitate our health, uh, our daily routines, and our habits. Right. And uh, Mars can indicate burns and, and all sorts of afflictions mm. because Mars is, is malignant. So, and then Mars and Taurus, and I just did some uh, some astrological gymnastics that I like to do and use the symbol to get more insight. Use the, the sign of the energy, the sign of the planet, uh, the sign itself, the astrological sign to get more insight. So I told on this particular Thursday and Friday, uh, by virtue of a transit with the moon to this Mars, be careful in the kitchen, protect your feet, protect your feet at all costs, that in the kitchen or not, but the most practical application of a burn on your foot, which is the potential to see 
is you're doing something in the kitchen with hot grease or hot water, and you maybe not wearing any shoes at all. You're wearing sandals, and you spill it on your foot. So she chose on this day not to uh, not to cook at all. She decided <laughs> to go out in her garden and 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 pick fresh food. Well, a little afternoon, she's walking through the garden, pulling some uh, kale and some other things. An ill-advised step with her left foot landed atop a fire ant mound. And she said to me, her foot burned for four days. Uh. All right. Now, look at the astrological symbology here. Mars is indicative of sharp things, poisons, Mm. burns, uh, attacks. Yeah, swarms. Swarms. Okay, that, that, that fits. I never would have thought who thinks of fire <laughs> right. in a situation like that? Exactly. You know, so, so while while I do have a great deal of intuition, I'm not that psychic. Yeah. I've seen that. I just saw a burn. Mm-hmm. A burn. And that you leads know? me to believe. Uh, I know with astrology, a lot of times, like you were saying before, a lot of stuff you just can't avoid. And I know sometimes because I told you about the one time you had warned me in one of my um, job situations. You know, there's going to be a woman that's going to try you. Long story short, don't go for it. You know, I think um, I was having a Mars return. That's what it was. I was having a Mars return, <laughs> and you told yeah. me to keep it together because I was going to be feeling extra fucking fiery, and. Yeah. I, there was this manager, you know, and I felt like she was pressing my buttons at the time, you know, being a little bit less spiritually mature. I felt like she was really pushing my buttons. And I'm thinking by avoiding conflict with her that I'm following what you said. So mm-hmm. uh, the the actual job, they were like playing with my money. Now, this is when I was about to go on my first trip to Egypt. So I'm pinching my damn pennies. So they was playing with my money. And I go see the lady that cut the checks. Oh, Darren, I lit her the fuck. I lit her up. <laughs> I lit her ass up so bad they fired me like the next week. She didn't wow. feel safe and da 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 da. And then I look back yeah. like, you know what? Darren definitely said to to keep it cool, but that just leads to back to my point about sometimes, you know, you can't foresee everything and you never know. That planet might just have it out for your ass. You might just have there might be something you just gotta absorb. You can avoid being in the kitchen, but I'm gonna give you these ants. Exactly. Well, that, that's exactly right. Um, some things, and particularly with the malefic planets, you just can't avoid it. You know, you can do whatever you want to. Uh, case in point, a week ago yesterday, I'm reading a young man, a truck, professional truck driver, um, and I warned him starting Sunday, um, Sunday through Wednesday, and then Friday and Saturday, there are indications in your chart, possible accident. Keep it cool. Uh, I said yeah, to drive defensively, you know, you lean on your truck driver training to avoid accidents at all costs. Mm-hmm. I said Tuesday is a, is the hottest day and uh, Saturday is a hot day as well. Tuesday is the one that's the target date. It's like I always say, the target date is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It could happen one day either side. At any rate, Tuesday morning, I get a message from him. It was two pictures. It was a car and a truck. <laughs> when I opened up the pictures, the car, the rear bumper had a scratch on it. And look at the truck, there's white paint on that bumper. He hit this woman. Oh, oh my God. I warned him. I warned him. <laughs> <laughs> to pay the hell when attention. He hit this woman. 
he hit this woman, you know, so even even if you know if it's meant to be, there's nothing you can do to avoid it. Mm-hmm. But that works the other way as well. There's a young lady. And, and it's funny, each one of these stories uh, are related to a Mars transit that I was reading at the time. Mm. Um, this one young lady um, came to me to talk about her husband and her relationship, I should say. And along the way, I noticed in her chart that there's an opportunity for new money, particularly if she asks for a raise. So I asked her about that situation, and she was negative about it, didn't think it was going to happen. Now, at the time, um, the moon was transiting Aries. The moon was transiting Aries, and she told me that she had had a meeting along, along, about something else on the following Tuesday. Mm. Um, that damn Tuesday. That's right. On the following Tuesday, she had a meeting with her bosses, and Mercury was retrograde at this time. Mm. So I told her, I said, look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to ask for a raise, but do not shoot from the hip. Over the weekend, you write a script, and you're going to write a script because Mercury is retrograde, and if you shoot from the hip, you might say the wrong thing and get walked up out of there. Right. So write your script, say what you're going to say, and shut the hell up. Also, wear something red. It's a Tuesday. That's a Mars day, mm-hmm. and red has a psychological effect on people to the point where people will get out of your way, fall all over them, fall all yep. over themselves, trying to help you, mm-hmm. you know, if you wear red in a certain way with a certain attitude. So this is what happened. She wrote her script. She wore her red, despite her being uncomfortable wearing red. She wore it very tastefully. She said what she had to say. With two, people, two, two, two uh, bosses she was talking to, a man and a woman. She said when she finished them asking for her raise, the man looked at the woman. She looked at him. They both nodded, turned to her. Come with us. They walked her down to HR and put her in for a 10% raise effective immediately. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. See, you and know, stuff like that, that's, that's, that's big stuff. You that's know, magic, if man. That's magic. It's, it's absolute magic. And magic is nothing more than using or manipulating the energy that is available to yeah, you. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to, um, I don't want to go too deep into it, but I do want to give some of these famous Aries men and women just so everyone can sort of keep the type of energy we're talking about in line because, like I said, it's really versatile, but you'll see a lot of similarities in things, stuff that Darren says and stuff that these people portray. So we have here uh, Jackie Chan. We have Big Sean, Diana Ross, um, Eddie Murphy, Mariah Carey, actually Houdini, and Leonardo da Vinci are also Aries, and we have Eddie Murphy as well. So just keep those people in mind as we finally begin to dive into what the Aryan energy really is all about. So for the Aries that are listening, we're about to read you for filth. Everything uh, you thought was secret, Aries private only club, we're going to air it out today. And anybody else who's dealing with Aryan energy, uh, maybe an Aries father like me or Aries brothers like me or, you know, I'm really talking to myself, hell, but because I have a lot of not conflict, but I have a lot of like relationship stuff with Aries. So I'm really interested to hear how you're going to break it down to us today, brother. Right on, right on. So, um. Yeah, Aries is a um, Aries is a sign that is ruled by Mars, mm-hmm. and we all know 
you know, the, the negative sides of Mars, that they can be angry. You know, Mars is angry, Mars is fiery, Mars is violent, mm -hmm. loves blood and weapons and sharp instruments, you know, but, but Mars, there's a higher side to Mars as well. You know, Mars is inspiring. Mars is initiating, you know. Mars uh, takes takes action right now, wastes no time with it. You know, Mars is also indicative um, um, of, of brothers and friends in, in Vedic astrology, uh, as well as in, in enemies. Uh, Mars is also in, uh, in, in, indicative of uh, enmity and injury and energy. And um, um, Mars is is the warrior you know mars is the soldier mars is the police officer yeah and all these things these, these things that, that use people that use weapons mars is the, the, the military soldier mm -hmm. um and then aries aries is 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 the representative let's let's look at it from a tropical uh, astrology standpoint um aries corresponds with spring Right. This is yeah. this is the, the the cardinal aspect of Aries. The cardinal is initiating. You know, cardinal is is uh, inspiring. Cardinal is activating, getting started. It's very movable and dynamic. And it, each cardinal sign um, correlates and corresponds, I should say, with uh, with the seasons. Aries is the beginning of the first day of Aries. Is the first day of spring and the first day of uh, summer is the first day of can cancer, cardinal water sign. The first day of autumn is the first day of Libra, a cardinal air sign. Mm -hmm. The first day of winter is the first day of Capricorn, a cardinal earth sign. These, All of these initiate a new start and a new direction and bring a completely different energy to the place. You know, and Aries is the one that's fiery. Let's get it going. But they don't have no staying power. Yeah. You know, so there are a lot of Aryans listening to us, um, and, and this can be an Aries rising, Aries sun, Aries moon, Mars and Aries, Venus and Aries, I don't care. Uh, you got Aries in the chart, wherever it falls in your chart, there is some area of your life where there's a bunch of projects left undone. <laughs> you know, you have started a whole lot of stuff, but there's a whole lot in your wake uh, uh, left undone. Aries has a very short attention span. Yeah. Aries uh, uh, not built for the long haul. They're good to get started, but they're not good to finish it. This leads mm -hmm. us into the next evolution of the chart, which is Taurus. You know, a fixed sign. It keeps things stable. So let's look at it from a a, a weather uh, a weather uh, standpoint again. Mm -hmm. Spring and Aries correlate, right? So that first thirty days, we see the transition from a gradual transition sometimes it's rapid but most times it's gradual from the cold to the warm mm -hmm. you see the grass gradually turn green and the trees start to bloom by the time that 30-day period is up everything is the, the grass is green and you can see the, the trees budding now what began in aries taurus continues on and and it grows you know taurus mm -hmm. is a first sign about it's about uh, uh, material gain. It's about grow, uh, slow, stable growth. All right? Slow, mm -hmm. stable growth. Not going to change very much. It's going to grow. It's not going to change very much from where it started. It's stable. And then when we get to Gemini, 
things explode. It gets even warmer, warm, hot air gets even warmer, you know, and, 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 um, and, uh, uh, things start to really, really grow, but it's the transition into summer. Yeah. Right. And it had to start with Aries. And it started all with Aries. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that leads me into another question I have for you. A few years ago, I had seen um, a reference somewhere. It might have been on YouTube. I'm not sure. Or maybe something somebody shared with me. But it was basically like a storyline of the Zodiac, if you will. And in this storyline, it was... um, it was shaped to be like a conversation between God and the Zodiac, where God would talk to each individual constellation and on a really personal level explain to them who they are, why they exist, and what their purpose is. And the, the, the everything was about this is between me and you. Nobody else will understand you, and that's okay. You have to understand what your role is solely. And it was basically at the end of it, you know, it was representing the complete person or the complete entity being the entire zodiac or embodying the entirety of everything god if you will so i wanted to ask you have you like is there a story of the zodiac or like is there a way because i know a lot of times that's an easy way for people to begin to learn it too if it was in a form like that is there something you ever heard like that and if so what role does aries play other than just starting things you know like what uh would they be in that storyline Wow. Well, uh, <laughs> it's funny. The first thing that comes to mind, it actually does not even refer to Aries just yet. Now, initially, although Aries does initiate in this respect, um, um, the story of astrology, the story that astrology tells um, resonates with me better from this perspective. And, and um, you'll know completely what I'm talking about, when, what I'm talking about when I say the winter solstice. Mm-hmm. All right. The death of the sun and how this relates to Aries is because when we get to Aries, the sun has risen and conquered death. Mm. Right. Because at the winter solstice, the night is longer than the day, the three days following the equinox. Mm. And on that third day. The sun rises one minute earlier than it did the day before. Mm-hmm, the birth of now the Christ. Now the sun is rising. That's right. Uh, that's right. And by the time we get to uh, uh, the spring, the, uh, the spring, the, the, I'm sorry, from the solstice, from the solstice, uh, there's a three-day, there's a three-day uh, period where the night is equal to or longer than the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on that third day, the, the reverse is true, where the sun is rising one minute earlier. By the time we get to the spring equinox, equinox meaning equal parts or equal night, equal day, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, this is the, sun, the, uh, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God, ah. the Lamb of God. That's deep. <laughs> what is the Lamb? What does the Lamb grow up to be? A male, when it, uh, there's a, a, a lamb, a baby lamb, male, what does he grow up to be? That's deep. A ram. That's amazingly deep. Right? So, the, 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 and, and, then, and then by the time we get through cancer, the sun is the king of kings. 
Because the now the sun's going into, and the Lord of hosts, because now the sun is in Leo. Ah, wow. Okay. See, and that's a really good way for people to look at it. I like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. that resonates mm -hmm. with me so much more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, we all have, we all have uh, some, some indoctrination in Christianity, whether we grew up in it or not. There's some indoctrination into it. You at least know the stories. The symbology. You know that you at least know the stories. That's right. That's right. And and for me, that is the simplest story for most people in North America to understand astrology and perhaps around the world. Wow. You know what? There you go again. Driving me crazy. See, I never really thought about I've never really thought about it from that particular point of view. I had heard something also about um and from the perspective of Aries being the baby of the Zodiac and like if it was a singular entity and it sort of matures into Pisces. Have you ever heard that one? Well, yes. Let's talk about that one. So that's, that's amazing. So and I'm going to lean more on um, uh, Vedic and well, let's put it to it. I will exclude the planets for the sake of this discussion. I'll exclude the planets past Saturn in, in this description. Mm -hmm. So. Let's let's look at um, uh, the the zodiac over the first twelve years of life. All right. Mm -hmm. So your first from from birth from birth to your first solar return or your first birthday, we are living as an Aryan. You know, we are uh, um, um, demanding of attention. All right. Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, we can we, we can be kind of all over the place, but we are rapidly growing, rapidly growing. Just you, you know how babies are. Yes. Right. Um, at, at one year old. Now you're starting to get stable on your feet, which is the Taurian energy. You know, mm -hmm. um, um, uh, you are you are continuing what started in Aries but at a, at a very stable pace. You're steadily growing at a stable pace over the next year. By the time we are at three, we are exploring communication and exploring our environment, you know, curious about what's going on. This is all Mercury and Gemini, you know? Mm -hmm. This is all Mercury and Gemini. We're all about play, too, all about having fun, Right. you know? At four, we started to develop some sort of concept of our family. At four, this is mom and dad. You know, uh, this is the this is the fourth house. Um, uh, this is cancer. Um, th th this is a time when um, uh, a child is starting to explore some emotions on a deeper level, at just and not just that surface stuff. Right. You know, they can experience and express sadness and happiness and joy and bitterness and all these things. You know, at four years old, we're starting to explore those emotions. At five. Um, we're interacting with other children because now we're into preschool and pre-K, you know, we're interacting with other children. It's all about play and fun and we're learning to entertain ourselves and entertain others um, around these ages. At six, you know, uh, we have a daily routine. Now we're going to school on a, on a somewhat regular basis. Mm -hmm. We have to get our health worked on. You know, we have to get in, in North America, we have to get inoculations and shots and and all this stuff in mm -hmm. order to go to school. Ironically, the real Mercury. A, 
a Mercury thing. That's right, a Mercury thing in the sixth house about health. You have to get check up on your health, see doctors at this age. You know, at, at seven you start develop uh, you start to develop friendships outside of your outside of your familial circle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now you're in the first grade and you're starting to uh, uh, interact more with other people. You know, this is the seventh house. The seventh house is representative of of um, of partnerships and relationships of all sorts, not just mm-hmm. those heart to heart. The relationship with parents, with friends, with all kind of people. Yeah, you know, and 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 our open enemies. This is a time when we actually get into fights on the playground in school uh-huh. or at the park with our friends in the neighborhood. You know, because now we're dealing with open enemies, fighting with people we know. How many little boys and girls at 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 uh, uh, six, seven years old, seven years old, um, um, have fights with their friends, fight today, uh, fight this morning, now tonight, y'all best friends again. Yours you know? truly. Open enemy. You follow? Yeah, yours truly. I was one of those kids for sure. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> so um, we we get to we we, we, we get to uh, the eighth house and, and, and now we start to interact with people on a more deeper level, emotional level, even as children. Even as children. We start to engage with people on a deeper level. Now, there are some other things. There's there's a lot of things that I over I glossed over regarding this. Mm-hmm. And this is stuff uh, they can get from just, you personally. You know, like when they, especially if they want to see how all of this stuff relates to them, they can get mm-hmm. the lowdown, lowdown personally. Mm-hmm. We're just touching on mm-hmm. stuff for them today. Indeed, indeed. You know, by nine, by nine, we are um, uh, now moving out of those early elementary years and starting to approach that that middle school age with uh, fourth fifth sixth grade um and 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 th- this is this is a ninth house thing we're starting to uh really focus in on our studies this is a jupiter thing you know it's we're me. really starting to focus in on our studies you know at, at 10 years old you know now we uh, uh, uh got the double digit feeling you know what i mean um, um, yeah. You don't feel like you're a little boy anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> think you grown, got it all together. You think you got exactly. the house. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. At 11, you know, you're parts. You're probably a part of some sort of group or association, a network of things. This is probably the times. A lot of times when kids get really active into team sports. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, the, the exceptional children get involved into debate and all these things, uh, which can apply to the 11th house. At the at twelve, you know now we are uh, uh, we 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 have uh, circumnavigated it, and we are now at a stage where uh, Jupiter return. You know this yep. is our first Jupiter return, and we are about to go into um, uh, the next phase of things. We're about to go into the next twelve years of our life, um, and and in this twelve between twelve and thirteen, isn't this when we go from uh, um, grade school to middle school yeah yep this is a new and, and then you know one year later we're back to mars because now we're in a new phase of our existence we are um entering middle school and and i'm really coming into our own identity yeah follow yeah that's crazy so, i think well I, I was weird i went to high school and i was 12. <laughs> wow. yeah, I turned wow. 13 as a freshman. 
But I think it well, had a lot to do with my birthday being late and I skipped the grade. But yeah, most mm-hmm. people definitely, um, and that's like the middle school age. And all of those trends really make sense when you put it that way, when you think about it like that. How we follow that cycle of the sun itself, even as individuals, you know, we may not necessarily even think about it, but even the way we are brought up as human beings still deals very heavily with that cycle, with that flow, and with that same sort of archetypal energy and storyline, if you will. And I know that makes it really simple for a lot of people. Those are three different ways you can look at this storyline and this energy and what it means to the storyline. So I want to take a a very brief break just to play a commercial here. And I'm going to be right back with Darren Lamont. Guys, give me one second. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Grand Boisvi Nicole here with World Stop Web. I want to ask you all a question. Did you go see Black Panther? If so, did you notice how they worship the ancient comedic goddess Bastet or Bast? Did you peep the arm-crossed position that they used to greet one another? Well, if you missed my past show with Amin Ma'at Ra, he actually has a book where he goes into depth about those two very things, okay? The Amin Ra Illumination is an informative book that focuses on the ancestral spiritual system of Kemet or ancient Egypt, learning the Sesh Medunetra, which is the language that they spoke there. Um... It talks about Egyptian magic, natural science, West Africa, the diverse African spiritual systems. You can actually order this book on Amazon.com and please demand that your local bookstore order it. All right, everybody, we have Darren Lamont here again, the astrologer, my personal astrologer, and we're talking about Aries today. Just in case you're just tuning in, we're talking about the Aryan energy. We just talked about the basic information about it, and he gave us three different rundowns of a storyline, if you will, of the Zodiac and how Aries fits into that as the initiator, as even that first year of life, how you have to grow and begin to uh, really become very physical and dense on this particular plane. So I have a gaggle of questions for you, and I'm trying to, like, pick my favorite ones because, you know, um, I want to get to the juicy shit. I want to get straight to the meat of the subject. Now, if we're talking to our, our Aries friends here, um, how would you say um, they could be at their best? I'm talking socially, career-wise, spiritually. What type of things should they avoid? What type of things should they hone within themselves and, like, pay attention to maybe? All right, well, in general terms, Aries, um, Aries likes to be in charge. Aries likes to be first. You know, Aries loves to be first. And as such, as such, uh, those with strong Aryan energies in order to succeed must put themselves in a position where uh, they are in control of something. but at the same time, mm-hmm. they must have someone uh, the first. They have to have the discipline within uh, not to abuse their control of power. Mars is active here, right? Mars is active. So we, have to be, uh, we have to be mindful of, 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 of uh, abusing, yeah. abusing our power, being yeah. too egotistical. And secondly, 
the Aries is going to have to find someone mm-hmm. who is a very strong partner with follow through, right? Uh, you got to find somebody who 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 uh, does what you mm-hmm. can't excel at. You know, somebody who is a a a a, a, a good partner to to uh, buffer to uh, cover your weaknesses, cover your shortcomings. Yeah. I like to describe that as you being Mr. Outside, you got somebody who's Mr. Inside, somebody who don't want all the attention, who don't have to be, yeah. who don't want to meet anybody. They just want to and I was handle the ask. nuts and the bolts of things. You know? And for that, for that, I don't, there's none better than, than, than an Aquarius, I mean, I'm sorry, than a Virgo. There's none better than a Virgo for that position, you know? Mm-hmm. So long as you have them in that working position uh, where they are, in, they are in control of all the things behind the scenes, you put them in, you give them what they need to do and leave them alone. And you handle your thing and let them handle theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, you build it, uh, you start your team with, with, yeah. with uh, uh, dynamic I similar with to that. that. It doesn't necessarily, I concur necessarily with that. That makes sense. You definitely want to uh, make sure that the compatibility well. is something. Um, in, and that's another reason that I always, you know, tell people it's at least prudent to know at least surface level stuff when it comes to astrology because then you can uh, make more sound decisions. Now, the more you know, of course, you know, the better the decision-making process will become. But at least if you can start like you did at the ripe age of nine, then you can begin to understand the nuances of everything and how to finesse, if you will. And I was going to ask about compatibility. So if we're talking generally, let's say we are talking mm-hmm. uh, Aries sun. What compatibility-wise other sun signs should they be looking for? Or do you think moon is probably more important? I hear that a lot. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, here over the last few years, I have come to believe that moon sign compatibility in relationships is far more important than sun sign compatibility. You can be an Aries and have a friend or a girlfriend, boyfriend, what have you, uh, with a Leo sun or a Sagittarius sun. But let's just say this Aries person was born under a new moon, and they are an Aries moon as well. Um, and the other part parties... The lead, the lead yeah. Leo. Uh, let's say the Leo is a um, is a Cancer moon. You know, now we got we got we got emotional imbalance here. We mm-hmm. got um, a, a, a fiery moon and a watery moon. You know, and when fire and water comes together, either one, either the fire is extinguished or the water is boiled. One or the other. But we have to find balance. You know, so. So it's a square. This is yeah. a squared energy. So because you're a sun sign Aries and the other person's a sun sign Leo does not necessarily uh, uh, indicate compatibility because you got other factors to con- to consider. You know. So so in terms of compatibility, um, other moons that would that would uh, vibrate best with the Aries moon would be on uh, certain <laughs> levels. First, let's look at the car, the fiery moons. We got Leo moon and we have the Sagittarius moon. You know, that, that's good compatibility. Way better than uh, people with those with mm. suns there. The second, the second best would be the the uh, air sign. That's Gemini. That's that's uh, Aquarius. Mm. And now Libra is the polar opposite. Both 
both signs, both both moons will want the same thing, but they have different ways of going about it. You know, where where the the where the uh, fiery moon right. wants to take action right now. You know, uh, the 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 uh, Libra moon wants to think about it and find the most the the the, the most ideal way to do it. You know, and yeah. here goes the conflict. That's deep, you know, and so it's funny. I, feel, I really feel like anytime there's an opportunity, once again no talking what, straight time. to me because one of my it's, really it's good conflict, friends, somebody I'm really close but with, um, we're trying to figure balance. out the balance thing. And now that I'm putting it together, I have you a know. Pisces moon, so I have the water of water moons, and he has a Sagittarius moon, so he has the fire of fire moons. And, you know, luckily we're both highly spiritual people, so we figure out ways to communicate regardless. But a lot of times we find ourselves either boiling water or extinguishing fire and we have to pull it Mm -hmm. back to center, you know. And that's just interesting that you said that because I definitely noticed that it mirrors in my own life, you know. Well, in, in that particular relationship, uh, the common denominator between both Pisces and Sagittarius is Jupiter. Jupiter rules both both wow. both sides in traditional astrology. You know, so so if we approach the issues wow. and lean Damn. on the Jupiterian See, energy, and you know what's it, crazy about that? Find a way the friend I'm talking gap. about is the guy because that again, I travel with. Because again, I went to Egypt with him. That's how we. That's our thing. Like we way. literally travel the globe together because we both know that we want the same thing when it comes to that. I want to be far away. I want to be there for a long time, and I want to see it. I want to experience it. I want to come back with stories. I want to make friends. They're very Jupiter, mm-hmm. you know, very Jupiter. Wow, so the fact that you say that, once again, there you go. I'm not about to play with you. I'm not about to play with you at all. So in case everyone wasn't aware, um, Darren actually specializes, Mm -hmm. although he does Mm -hmm. all forms Mm -hmm. of astrology, he actually specializes and even favors Vedic astrology. So if you want to go into a little bit of how uh, Vedic and Western astrology differ, tropical is also what it's called, if anybody was wondering as far as Western astrology. But if you want to go into how they're different, people might not know the difference yet. Okay, so so what I practice is Western Sidereal mm-hmm. Astrology. And in my estimation, it is a blending of principles from Vedic Astrology and Tropical Astrology. Now, once upon a time, both Tropical Astrology and Western Sidereal mm-hmm. were, were uh, exactly aligned. There is a difference between the two systems. As I stated before, the Tropical System... Mm-hmm is anchored to the seasons okay it anchors the sun to the uh to the aries ingress or the e- or the uh, vernal equinox which is the first day of spring where with sidereal astrology the planets are anchored to the constellations in the backdrop of the real-time sky so if you want to challenge me on this i, I mean I, I shouldn't say challenge if you want to mm-hmm. verify what I'm talking about, you can do this very simply. Go to your, your Play Store or wherever you get your your uh, your phone software and download a sky map, all right? And then point it to the sun. And while in tropical astrology, 
uh, you see everybody <laughs> yeah. talking about here comes Taurus season, here comes Taurus season. You yeah. look at this Google Sky Map, and you will clearly see in the background of the sun the constellation Aries. Mm-hmm. You will clearly see it. All right. So, so uh, I like to say, uh, sidereal astrology is the astrology you can see with your eyes. You know, and and the way I came about it is weird. Uh, I was doing a radio show back in 2011, and at that time, from a tropical perspective, I was under the impression that uh, the Venus, the, I mean the Jupiter that I was looking at while standing in my backyard just before sundown was in Gemini, my ascendant. And I had recently downloaded a Google Sky Map and, and, and hadn't used it. So <laughs> while I'm doing the show, while I'm doing the show, I'm uh, uh, looking at the Sky Map because I wanted to make a point. Well, it blew my mind when I saw Jupiter in Taurus uh-huh. through the Sky Map. And it screwed my whole, screwed the whole thing up screw the whole thing up and it, it screwed it up so bad that i almost quit astrology behind that because i could not make sense of why this was i almost walked away so i stopped seeking out new clients i was just dealing with the the, the loyalist of the loyal clients and i wasn't moving um anymore i was just just torn what am i going to do what am i going to do mm-hmm. a good friend at the same time was transitioning from tropical to to uh, sidereal because she just felt that there was something more that tropical wasn't giving her. And she kept studying and kept studying. <clears throat> Darren, you need to check uh-huh. out sidereal astrology. Yeah, I kept blowing it off for like six months. So finally, yeah. I decided to take a look at my chart with her through the scope and prism of Western sidereal astrology. And the, the passion was reignited. You know, I fell in love again and since that point, I, I I see no reason to leave sidereal astrology, and I have, I'm gradually adding in more of the Vedic knowledge mm-hmm. as well. Because you know, with, when it comes to astrology uh, and the practice and study of it, I treat it like uh, a jazz musician treats a piece of music. Right. You know, he'll take a chord and yeah. twist it around and add something to it and make it even more beautiful while it is still the same original, same mm-hmm. song. He just added his own thing to it. That's what I do. I did it with religion, and I'm doing it with astrology. I'll yeah. take something from here, take something from here, take something from here, put it all together and make it mine uniquely. You know, so so um, ah, I still do use okay, tropical so that, that astrology. Okay, so that sort of changes well. things? You know, there are clients. Sometimes I use uh, tropical astrology for those clients who have not... Um, gone through their status and return. Yeah. No. Well, in my estimation, uh, those who have not gone through Saturn's return aren't quite clear on who and what they are. And I find sidereal astrology to be a bit more... Ten astrologers will tell you... Of uh, ten astrologers, nine of them will tell you I'm, you're, I'm wrong. But I find, I find um, sidereal astrology... Um, uh, just a tad bit more accurate in terms of, mm. of, of, uh, of, of the timing of events. Now, now, with that said, I do know an astrologer who who is exceptional with the mathematics related to it, and he can use tropical astrology 
with equal ease and, 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 and yeah. any other uh, method of it. You know, whether it uh, be Western sidereal or or Vedic astrology using the mathematics of it, and and that's a whole another study, a completely different study of it all. But he is absolutely, and I've borrowed some of his techniques as well. He's taught me some of his techniques. Bottom line here is that's right. The bottom line here is um, both systems were once upon a time closely aligned, but because one is anchored to the constellation mm -hmm. and the other is anchored to a to a fixed point, and by virtue of the wobble, the 23 mm. degree uh, wobble of the Earth, the constellations are separating from the tropical measurements by one degree every 7,200 mm. years. So today, so today, the tropical chart runs about 23 degrees ahead of the sidereal chart. Now, now, when you look at them side by side, when you look at them side by side, the alignments are going to be exactly the same. You know, um, sun in sidereal, let's see, sun at at uh, 23 uh, sidereal. Ah, um, that's where the math no, comes no, no. in. Sun at 23 tropical right. Aries is going to be sun at zero degrees sidereal Aries. That's part of it. I mean, that's one of the places. There are many applications for math here, but that's one of them. So it's a 20, mm, so, you, you know, if you know your chart, you subtract self. 23 degrees of every point and you have your sidereal chart. It's still the same alignment that the expression of the energies change. That's right. Now, if you have a tropical sun between, let's say, um, you have a tropical sun between um, uh, 23 and 29. Now I'm screwing up my math. Uh, where I'm going with this, where I'm going with this is there is a period of time where the sun in both systems are in the same sign, but that period is very brief. For instance, uh, mm -hmm. on, on last on the 14th, I believe, 14th or 15th, the sidereal sun went into Aries. Yeah. The day before the last new moon, the sidereal sun went into Aries. Well, uh, seven days later or so, the sun is now in Taurus, no? All right, so, so yeah. Um, wow. In that little space That's of time, deep, in, that, in that six, seven day period, um, uh, there are there are, both systems are in the same sun, but one is at the early degrees, the others at the later degrees. Mm -hmm. They both, they both absolutely yeah. work and can work to perfection down to the moment, provided you get the math and the scientific aspects, uh, the uh, scientific uh, application correct. The Absolutely. Rest of the, see, the astrology That's deep. Is and the way I, I, I've always observed science, it is, and I think I might have told you this before, arts. when it comes to Western astrology, the, the things that I pick up from that within my own chart, science. they tend to be um, a tad more superficial. And by superficial, I mean like surface layer. I don't mean, you know, materialistic necessarily. I mean like they just seem very 
on top of everything. But when you gave me the sidereal, um, it was much more, well, this is what I know I'm actually supposed to be. This is the, the really mm -hmm. deep side mm -hmm. of me that I don't even acknowledge. You know, yep. a lot of times, and that's what I picked up for it. It's almost like, like you were saying, you know, prior to Saturn return, your first one, you really are in mm -hmm. that headspace of who am I, what am I doing, what do I want, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Western astrology really plays on that. It really plays with the whole matrix thing and really making things happen for yourself in that way. And once you graduate from that place, you sort of do graduate into a different form of astrology. So with that in mind... Um, now we're going to be talking a little bit to people like myself who have a lot of Aryan people or Aryan energy in their life outside of them. What are some ways to, <laughs> I hesitate to use the word cope because I don't want to uh, paint the picture. I have a very interesting relationship with Aries people, men mostly, uh, and it's because my father and my immediately younger brothers are Aries as well, but what are some ways, some things to keep in mind, you know, uh, personality-wise, some things maybe not to be offended by, because that happens a lot. Well, Aries can be straightforward, brutally, brutally honest. Um, they can come off as self-centered or selfish. Um, if we just just touch touch on the wheel a little bit, um, you know, uh, Aries on the first house puts Taurus in the second house. Therefore, uh, uh, they can hoard money. They can be very stingy with money. Um, 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 right. With with Mercury in the third house, you know, they are very intelligent. Very intelligent, can talk a lot of, That's that fire. can talk very intelligently That's about a lot fire. of things, although they only know a little bit about it. You know, mm -hmm. at home, they can be very emotional, you know, uh, um, and, and at play, huh? No, no, sir. No, sir. That's cancer. At home, uh, they're cancer. There's cancer on the fourth house cusp. You know, they're very, they're, they're, they're very homey. Uh, some Aryans have uh, a very, uh, um, nurturing nature, nurturing uh, personality at home. You know, um, we get to the fifth house. You know, they love to entertain. They love to be seen. They love to be uh, 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 in the limelight. They also love to be first, just like they do in the first house. You know, amongst their uh, when they're out of play and 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 this is the fifth house. The fifth house is, is fun and games, is recreation, it's sports. You know, and 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 um, in this position, this is this house relates mm -hmm. to the sign of, of of Leo and the planet the Sun. You know, so they want to be first. They want to be seen. They're very competitive. Uh, can be aggressive. Um, Aryans can be good sports. Just think of any. I can't even think of an Aryan. Oh, here's no, he's not an Aries. I think Tom Brady is an Aries. Tom Brady is an Aries, and he's fiery on the field. You know, I believe he is an Aries. Um, yeah. At any rate, um, so yeah, the 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 the, the uh, Aries, um, you can deal with them. Knowing these things, you can deal with them a little easier. You know, um, um, they are very entrepreneurial. You know, um, even yeah, though they may too. not fully uh, explore their tenth house, which is Capricorn. You know, building on something. I know a great deal of Aries yeah. who desire to be power. tycoons. 
a lot of staying power. <laughs> you know, they desire to be tycoons, but mm. they, you know, there's a lot of effort that needs to be put into it in order to achieve that 10th house status that. of Capricorn. Yeah, okay. In, in I definitely chapter, have to huh? personally right. keep that in mind because like right. I said, That's I have right. a very uh, so, <laughs> interesting relationship with, so yeah, and it, it's, uh, it's crazy. I don't know if maybe because I feel this way, I magnetize these situations to myself, but there's always an Aries man that comes around at some capacity, and it's always the same running theme. The budding of heads. Um, let me check, actually, exactly why I'm on here with you. Now, the chart that I have is Western, but, okay, let me see. Well, where does Aries um, it's fall in, in your my, chart? Fifth house, and I have no planets there. That's that's fine. It, yeah. My Mars is in Cancer. All right. Yeah. Um, and you said Aries been driving you nuts. Um, let's see. Where is your Mars? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because they do that thing. I'm going off on a tangent. They kind of do that thing where you say something and then they want up and then you're like, uh, fuck. And then you want up. And then, well, I'm speaking for me. Like, you know, some that's some fire sign shit. Like, no, you're not about to one up me. I want, I want, I get the final word up in this bitch. And then they want the final word. And da da da. Next thing you know, it's a whole thing. Me and my father are a very interesting case. Love the man to death, and I'm happy now that I'm the age I'm at. You know, I can understand him, and he can understand me a lot better. But, yeah, we used to go at it. We used to right. butt heads like rams, just like that. Mm-hmm. That explains it all. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Yeah. And that's that. That's yeah, my daddy. I love him to death. But he be having me fucked up. You know. Right and that's there. cool. So no. if you could, um, right there. neither, if there's neither, one neither word that you would use, and I'll other. give one too. Maybe I'll start out. If there was one word that you could give that describes the energy, what would it be? I would use um, ignition. Dynamic. Ah. I like that one. Dynamic ignition. I think I might name the episode Airy Season Dynamic Ignition. You heard it here, folks. Dynamic. Yeah. They actually really, really, really do. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. And Aries, Aries has the ability to inspire as well. Uh, they, 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 can, they can get you turned yep. up. They can get you turned <laughs> That's up. My daddy. Now, that inspiration. <laughs> that is my daddy not, for sure. It does not always That's have so to crazy. be. That's uh, so crazy. A, a That's so crazy. That's definitely him. Well, you know what? Was inspired. You know, you can be inspired to fight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they can inspire yes. you to get up off yes, your ass. Yes, very Martian. Positive, but they can also inspire you to fight. I mean, because after all, they love. Just think of, think of, uh, think of the Romans. Very Aryan in ah, their, he is? very oh, Martian wow. How in, their, find in, that their, guy. in their approach to things, you know. Hitler. And it took inspiration that makes so much sense. That's crazy. All of those men to follow them. I Look at know Hitler. That, I don't Hitler think. is a famous Aries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, um, 
Wow. And you know what? Well, he used the gift of gab to do it. I actually wonder what his no entire chart looks that. like. No question about that. And look at what he inspired people to do. Absolutely. Gemini in the third house. And, and Taurus in the tenth house. Look at how brutal he was on the world stage. That's coming with... Uh, with, uh, you know what? Um, I'm thinking Sidera's about it, son and it's so crazy. That's, Today that's is Hitler's birthday. I remember and uh, that's a, learning that's a few rude, days ago about how 420 Saturn. is actually Look Hitler's birthday as well. On the world stage. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's right. nuts. That's, that's nuts right. how that works out. But that's exactly what astrology has the capacity the to be for people. That, that moment so you can realize, like, damn, he was. this really applies. You know what? <laughs> the other night, <laughs> the other night I was in this astrology group on Facebook. And somebody said something, and it lit my Mars up. So, so um, I engaged the person like this is all wrong. And after 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 we talked about it, you know, and I saw the point of view, I looked at a chart, and in that moment, and you'll get a, a clear picture of what actually is going on. It's amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, the correspondence of it all. You know, sometimes crazy. you can get a phone call. You get a, a, a unique phone call. You look at the chart, your third house is rising. You know, um, get a call from a girl, Venus might be rising. <laughs> Run into somebody at the store, you know, uh, you see Mars on the ascendant. It's an old friend. Right. You know, it's Little crazy stuff. how it works. Yeah, yeah, little stuff like that always comes into play. It's the tiniest things. So I just mm -hmm. want to wrap up by reminding everybody, hopefully my uh, lovely Aries men and women who listen to this, uh, I know you've seen yourself. And those of us that are not a part of that particular club, I hope now you can understand and have a little bit more insight about the energy and how it really, how it expresses itself and why. You know, that's really important, even for, especially for people like me who have a thing with Aries, who have a thing for or against the energy. It's always good to understand why. So, guys, um, just a reminder. Let me, let me say one more thing about the Aries. Um, while the Aries, the, the Aries can be, um, you know, we, we love to paint them as an angry one, fiery and all of this, all of this. But uh, they are fun. They are also fun loving. They got Leo in the fifth house. Uh, they, they actually know how to turn a buck. Taurus, they got earth signs and money houses, mm -hmm. you know. And if they were to focus on the details in the sixth house with Virgo there, you know, they can achieve that high status they want in the tenth house. Of power and control. Mm. Make sense? Yeah. And you I know, hope y'all caught that. Uh, you get it stuck. You know what? What you, what you start? What you start from the personality standpoint of Aries. You know, and 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 you, you you put your values into it in Taurus. You know, but you skip over to the sixth house and you focus on the details of what it is you value over there in the sixth house. I'm sorry, over here in the second house. You focus on the details. You, you every day work on the details of the desires of the second house, and uh, through through that effort, you know uh, you should achieve over the course of time 
that 10th house status of power and control with Capricorn there in the 10th house. Mm-hmm. I hope y'all caught that because that was just a gem that could absolutely transform everything you do. That was big. Simple, simple, not always easy. Yeah. <laughs> because we can't, you know, uh, oftentimes people in general just can't get out of any fucking way. Yeah. True. Or, or they don't know themselves. Yeah. And knowing self is like the primary purpose in my opinion of astrology on the level we practice it. You know? I agree. Um, if you don't know yourself, then you're not going to uh, achieve a whole lot. You can do something, but you need to know yourself to, in order to really be happy and, and, and achieve the things that you desire. Absolutely. You, sir, have done it again. Once again, you came through and tore the house down. Can you tell the people like how they can get in contact with you, how they can book Absolutely. with you, how they can find you? Absolutely. You can find me on... Facebook at Darren Lamont. You can find me on Twitter at Astrovisions. If you'd like to book with me, you can find me at my website, DarrenLamont.setmore.com, and I will spell it D-A-R-R-R-Y-N-L-A-M-O-N-T-E dot Setmore, S-E-T-M-O-R-E dot com. There you can see... Uh, uh, a menu of my services and uh, schedule yourself for a session. You know, I recommend that the all new, all first timers uh, select the uh, new client uh, reading. And then after that, you know, we will, um, depending on what you need moving forward, you know, there'll be other recommendations. But that's the one to start with because you'll get a complete breakdown of who and what you are. That's the way I'd like to work. Before I start making predictions, and given forecasts and given insight about what may happen in the future, I need to verify that the time you were born is the time is the person I am speaking with. Right. And I do that through a, a detailed, in-depth study of your natal chart. And what usually happens in my readings and in my session, what usually happens, I, I say something and uh, sometimes I'll ask questions. Other times I'll just say things and either you're going to say, be saying yes. Are you going to be laughing your ass off because there's no way I should know the stuff I'm saying to you. You can't believe how accurate it is and it's ringing true. And in some of these cases, some of your best friends don't know these things that I'm telling you about yourself. Mm-hmm. That's how you know? it was for me, especially, yeah. A lot of it was so unspoken ever. <laughs> right, right. It's amazing how that works. Yeah. You know? So, um, uh, yeah, you can get, find me at darrenmont.setmore.com and uh, schedule your reading and I will be, I'll call you in the moment that you set for your appointment. Yes, that's awesome. So you guys absolutely do that. Like I said, this, he's my personal astrologer. I, I run things through him. You know what I'm saying? And, and mind you, I'm somebody, I manipulate my own, my own energy. I create my own reality, but I still confer with this man when it comes to I'm, I'm making a move, I'm planning something, I'm putting something together. Let's see what the stars, what the energy has to say, because even with me controlling my reality, there's still so many other factors outside of myself that can and oftentimes will affect what I have going on or what I think I have going on. So even if you're somebody that um, 
you're like me and you're a practitioner of Afro spiritualist uh systems or otherwise it's still wise to to check in with the stars when you're doing things and we know the applications that it has magically as well so i don't even have to go into that but darren lamont is absolutely the way to go i do want to touch on that i do want to touch on that just a bit from the standpoint of the lunation the the primarily the full moon and to a point the new moon i'm sorry the new moon and to a point the full moon all right so uh, I'm sure a good portion of your audience uses uh, the lunations for, for some sort of work. No? Is that incorrect? Yeah, that's correct. I know I do. Heavy. That's correct. All right. All right. So in, in using, let's, let's talk the new moon. When we see that at this point there is a new moon, um, we're actually not in the new moon. And here's why. A new moon is described as a sun, the moon occupying the same sign and astrological degree as the sun. And in this case, the moon casts zero light, reflects zero light. Mm -hmm. Okay? And for the next 24 to 36 hours, the light that the moon casts is less than five percent illumination there and and astrology is largely based on light right so if we are using the waxing phase of the moon we need light in order for the energy that we are casting into the universe universe to 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 flow we need the light to flow right the light does not begin flowing for about Almost three days in, in a lot of deck in a lot of places on the globe. We're about three, almost three days. You're not going to see any light from the sun. So here's what happens: at the zero point, at the moment that we call the new moon, it is actually a dark moon, and there's an astrological term for that. It's called Kazimi, or the moon, or, or the planet is in the heart of the sun, right? And from that point to the next 16 hours or so, the moon's energy is very weak because it is burnt up, consumed, combust. Mm -hmm. It is a part of the sun. So it's giving its energy to the sun. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to use the, the moment called the new moon, which is actually the dark moon, that takes a very precise timing of whatever it is that you're doing because we're looking at a measurement of zero degrees and 17 solar arc minutes. That happens at a very precise time yeah. every lunation. Yeah, that's so very precise. So unless you are putting in that work to take advantage of that, it is not best, it, it is best to hold off your new moon intentions until the moon is about 30 degrees ahead of the sun. And you'll know this by <clears throat> several, three days after the moon is new, you go outside early in the morning, you look in the eastern sky or high in the eastern sky, coming close to high noon and where the sun would be, and you will see a fingernail slither of light from the moon. Mm -hmm. Right? And then late in the afternoon, you look far in the west, close to the horizon if you have a good view, and you may see still that faintness of the moon. But in a lot of cases... Even that will be burnt up. You won't see it. It is not until 
the sun, the moon is 30 degrees ahead or in the next sign from the new moon that I mean from the uh, a point of exactness or the sun moon conjunction or the dark moon 30 degrees ahead of that which is usually two and a half days that is the new moon because now we see about 14 percent light and from this point it is rapidly increasing every day uh, uh, four days from that point we see a half moon which is what we're going to see this weekend which is the first quarter mm -hmm. right this is a waxing moon these are great times to get things started but if you're using the dark moon which is errantly called the new moon um it, it may be it may explain to you why some of the things that you've attempted to manifest didn't happen in the in, in a timely fashion yeah because the moon was just too weak to move any of that energy on so you wait a few days after you're going to nobody's ever going to change it on my word but i'm telling you from an astrological energetic standpoint that two and a half days or more following the point that they call the new moon is actually the new moon and this is when you should cast your your energies out into the universe and the same holds true with the full moon the moment of the full moon is still the moon is 99 percent and in the high 90s for at least 24 hours mm -hmm. 36 hours later now you can look up and visibly see a, a gradual waning of the light three days later the moon looks like an egg yeah. great time to now start to drop your uh your banishings and your releasing at this point that makes me feel right? better that's, that's what i want to say on that yeah that makes me feel better because a lot of the uh especially the new moon or dark moon rituals that I set up, I usually end up doing them a day or two late, not because I forget, but because so many other things get in the way. And that's kind of a, a magical adept thing. You know, you have a ritual set and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do a, a whole shebang on Saturday. And then it's Saturday and you're like, uh, I think I'll just burn a candle and I'll do the whole shebang on like Tuesday or something. Tuesday comes and you finally feel like it. So that kind of soothes me in a way. It kind of makes me feel a lot better because I've intuitively been adhering to that for a while now. And I was beating myself up about it. But look, you just saved my my feelings. <laughs> I feel so much better now. So, guys, I want to remind you, this is Grandbothy Nicole. You can find World Stop Web on all the medias, just like that World Stop Web. We have Instagram. We have Tumblr. We have Facebook, of course. We have all that jazz. We're on Apple. I'm trying to get us on Tidal. It's about to go down. You can find us on anywhere you basically have on your phone. You'll find us there. So once again, this is Grand Boyle a call here with World Stop Web. And it has been an absolute pleasure here with Darren Lamont, my personal astrologer. And he will actually be back. So as comprehensive as today was, it will be like that for the signs, you guys. So don't feel jealous because Aries had a beautifully long and detailed run through. Don't be upset. Everybody gets some love. That's one of the 12 faces of God, if you will. So it's always a pleasure to have you guys here. I love you so much. And I will talk to you guys next time. Well, stop. Carry on.